Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Nick's Infinite Playlist podcast, a show where we always talk about something because something's always on. I'm your host, Nick Hogan. With me this week is a very special guest host, my good friend, James Kinzella. James, introduce yourself to the people. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is James Kinzella. Um, I am a writer for Real Otaku Gamer and a podcaster for Real Otaku Gamer, and I'm also a podcaster on the Anime Random Podcast. I do a lot of game reviews. Um, I've started to stream here and there a little bit. Uh, Stark Wyvern is my handle most everywhere. Uh, on Twitter, it's Stark Wyvern Gamer. Um, yeah. I uh, enjoy anime, games, movies, whatever I can, whatever entertainment I can find that grabs my attention. Um, let's do this. Awesome. So, uh, what's, what game did you review most recently? Uh, what game did I review? Well, I've been. Re- I, I actually have a little bit of a backlog. Um, I did review Yoshi's Crafted World. That's what I've been playing. Yeah, and how was that? Um, Just give us a little taste so that we'll go read it's, your it's, review. It's it's it's, it's a, well, Nintendo liked it, so I will tell you that the Nintendo did like my review. Um, it's it. I just kind of like lightly, but sort of deep dive into the premise of the game. Don't spoil much. I don't. I try not to spoil anything, obviously. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of just talk about you know what this the game is like and how how good it is and it is it's really it's really nice it's craft it is it kind of look it reminds me of something that somebody actually would handcraft and I'm sure that someone out there is going to handcraft it awesome um, yeah that's the game I most recently reviewed awesome so I'll ask you before we're done um, where we can find everything that you're doing so that we can uh, help each other and promote each other. Yes. But I want to dive right in. So first things first, um, normally I'll have a news segment, um, but there's not much in the way of news news um, in terms of film, TV, nerd things. So, um, But James and I both got to go see Shazam last night. So we're going to start by talking a little bit about Shazam. Which was surprisingly very empty. Yes. Opening night. Yeah, for opening night, uh, we were there at a 10 o'clock showing, and there were about 15 people in there. (laughs) And it was huge theater. Uh, So we had our run of the place pretty much. It was nice, but uh, surprising. So, James, what are your thoughts on Shazam? Uh, Okay, well, Shazam, I definitely feel like a sequel is in order. Like, that's like, like after watching it, I I was, like, assured that I wanted a sequel. Absolutely. And that, uh, like, it was, it was equal parts like heartful but also humorous and also i feel like maybe dc is starting to kind of pick up something of where marvel has been putting down so much gold they're finally kind of like oh if we if we put a little comedy in or we do this or we kind of choose this type of type of way and i mean zach levi zachary levi is shazam was perfect like a perfect choice and uh, the kids, the kids were all cast really well. And um, in that big twist scene, though, I was, I did not, I didn't expect that. But yeah. then again, I haven't really read Shazam comics. <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't either. Um, yeah. I really only had read about it a little. I knew Zachary Levi was in it. I'm a big Chuck fan, and Chuck my is wife great. is a big Tangled fan. So we're both big oh, yeah. Zachary Levi fans. 
Um, so I was excited to see him, but I, I wasn't sure how it would be. Um, I do not have a good taste in my mouth from other DC films. No. Uh, but I've really enjoyed Shazam. So I don't, I don't want to deep dive too hard into it. Cause it just came um, out and people need to see it. Exactly. I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Um, I'll probably save that for, um, a rotating topic in a little, in a few months or a few weeks. Um, but I really liked it. It's really funny. It's got a lot of heart. Um, the cast, the young cast is surprisingly good. Like James said, um, Zachary Levi's really good. Mark Strong's pretty good, even though I, I, I was a little upset that it was Mark Strong. Cause like, like looking at the character, he's kind of like a super skinny, like shorter bearded, kind of like awkward dude, not, Mark Strong, who's kind of like, right, I am here. Exactly. Um, so it kind of threw me there. I was like, really? That's Savannah? Okay. So uh, Mark Strong did a good job. Um, the kids were all great. I enjoyed seeing some of the uh, the other cast, like Cooper Andrews from The Walking Dead. Um, some of those other kids, who, some of those other actors who have been in other things. Uh, so overall, I would say that if you're listening and you haven't seen Shazam, you should. And that's all I'm going to say about that for now. Shazam. So, um, why don't we... Do you have anything you want to say about Endgame, which is coming out in a few um, weeks? Avengers Endgame. I, I'm excited for it. I don't know, like, I, I'm curious, you know, what they're going to do with it. They, I mean, clearly there's kind of been some spoilers out there, which is weird because it's like from Lego. You mm-hmm. know how they have those Lego sets? And then there's like people thinking, you know, since the gauntlet was stolen, maybe they're going to follow the comic plot line where Nebula steals the gauntlet and Thanos teams up with the Avengers and they have to take her down before she starts wrecking the place because she's, she's pissed. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm, I'm curious that way. And then I'm, I'm also, I mean, like, who's going to die? I mean, clearly there's lots of characters whose contracts are out. So maybe... You know, Captain, yeah. like, America might die. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's lots of characters who aren't going to die, clearly, like... I think it Captain makes Marvel the most stuff, sense right? for Captain America to die. Yeah. I think um, Thor and or um, Iron Man could at least have a happy ending on Earth and still, you know, like, um, Spider-Man could still go and visit Tony Stark and they could pay yeah. $100,000 for a 10-minute scene. Or, um, uh, but it makes the most sense for someone like Cap... Um, who, you know, the love of his life is, is gone. You know, she surpassed him in age by quite a bit. So you could, you could end the end game with a scene of, of cap dancing with Peggy again. Yeah. Um, something like that. So I, I don't know how many characters they're going to kill if off. They do, if they do, like, like my thought process kind of was like, if they did for some reason want to kill off Iron Man just for now, even like they can make him the Jarvis for Spider-Man. It's mm-hmm. kind of like a thought that people, you know, have been thinking about, like, because then they could like keep him in universe, like keep him around, but like he can go and Robert Downey Jr. can do some other, something else. So I'm right, know. and it makes you wonder because of uh, you know also watching the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer, um, John Favreau's Happy Hogan has a prominent role in the Spider-Man yeah. Far From Home trailer. So he might you know, it makes you wonder if that's. Uh, you know, in Tony Stark's will, or if it's just Tony has sent Happy to babysit him, or what's going on. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow has said that it's her last Marvel film, but everyone else has pretty been pretty coy or 
quiet about she like a rescue their contract rescue Tony Stark though it's you know rescue yes. that's one that's one of the things that maybe she's the one who does actually like save Tony and rescue him as rescue mm. which could be interesting so um, a lot of different things can happen I even heard this there's this theory that I had that uh, or that I had heard rather that uh, the ones that we're seeing the ones that supposedly didn't die in the snap are actually the ones that did die in the snap and yeah. that the other ones are somewhere else saying what happened to my friends um, but well, I guess we'll just have to see uh, obviously the movie is playing it like the ones that we saw disappear are the ones that disappeared uh, based on the trailers but I'm really I don't know that I've ever been more excited for a movie no no never never have yeah so I guess just tune back in after Endgame comes out for so twenty days from now. All of your analysis. Yes, we're recording this on April sixth, um, so we've got twenty days left before 19. Endgame. Well, I mean, some shows are on the twenty fifth, but right. So sometime after that, come back to Nick's Infinite Playlist, and we'll have some analysis for you. So, based on the guests that I have, the guest hosts that I have each week. Um, I have chosen a topic or we have chosen a topic that's current that we want to talk about a little bit. Um, I know we already talked about Shazam and Endgame and those are pretty current, but uh, James and I are both Gotham fans and Gotham is about to end. It's got two. It actually ends like the day before Endgame, like it's literally 25. Got two episodes left. So what are your predictions for the rest of Gotham, James? Well, I, I know that they're doing the future episode like at the end which is gonna wrap it all up and like have like that 10-year time skip that like it's gonna show batman is batman and jim gordon's finally gonna have the mustache and uh i'm sh you know the villains are all gonna be decked out in like their like penguin's gonna have his monocle and cane be a little fatter yeah and like riddler's gonna be like all suited up and and you know now we know that like barbara gordon had the baby you know, and that's that's Barbara, that's Batgirl. So there'll probably be some sort of Batgirl mm -hmm. thing where she might look out the window and be like, oh, so excited for that. So uh, um, I review Gotham at Telltale TV, um, I, I at TV Overmind before that. Uh, so I've been doing it for a while. And most of the season I've been saying, um, it's really cool or interesting how they managed to get Jim and Barbara together to create Barbara Gordon. And then I still... Mary Jim to Lee, which is it's clear that Jim and Lee had the stronger chemistry, and maybe that's just because Ben McKenzie and Morena Backerman, Bra excuse me, Morena Backerman got together in real life. Yeah, but I've always felt like Jim and Lee had the more on-screen chemistry, um, and I don't get me wrong because I love the Barbara character, um, but really only after they took her into that deep left turn oh yeah yeah when they um, threw her in and she like lost her mind and became like yeah when she was forced to kill her parents in season one yeah. and then she became this villain um i just thought aaron richards had so much more to do she was fantastic yes. um, so i really enjoyed both villain barbara and people are saying no to be true to the comics she has to get together with jim and so i am appreciative of the creative way in which they I, I yeah I, I really do enjoy that they I was like oh are we not gonna have Batgirl is Batgirl just not gonna be part of this like this little universe that we have here I was really hoping and like oh okay 
good. We do get Batgirl. Mm -hmm. And then, honestly, for me, I, 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 I was like, I was just like really hoping that like they were gonna like end up together, you know, Barbara and Jim. So I got, I was really upset when I saw the wedding scene between Lee. So I'm like, I don't like Lee. Like personally, for me, I just don't. Uh, I was always just like, Lee, why are you here? No, <laughs> Lee, no, no, because like she's not really like in the comics, you know, and so she's not really like really with Jim. It's like she's just kind of like the old doctor that helps Batman out when he's injured himself. Yeah, and I, I their relationship is very, it's very elicity in in terms of um, the way they got together. Uh, just because they brought her in, and she has real chemistry with Jim, and you know sometimes you can't tell if two characters are going to have chemistry like that oh, yeah. they're on the show and they're acting together. And so um, I really like when shows recognize, hey, there's chemistry here, and then they lean into it. They say, let's let's move toward this instead of away from it, instead of just sticking to their plan or sticking to the comics or whatever. Um, because I think the same, ultimately the same thing about Arrow's uh, Oliver and Felicity, that uh, you know everyone's saying Oliver should have been together with Laurel, but Amel, Stephen Amell and Katie Cassidy had no chemistry when the show started, and he has insane chemistry with Emily Pet Records. Yeah. And so this, I feel the same way about Ben McKenzie and Marina Packerin is that just their chemistry is just too strong to ignore. It is. Um, so how do you think this season's been going so far? Uh, I think it's been very action-packed, and it, it is. It's it's clearly leading up to the end, and I liked that they've kind of, like, thrown in, you know, like, they actually had the, um, the puppet mask. Well, yeah. Scarface. Scarface, how they actually, like, threw in Scarface, because they weren't going to, because they were like, if we only have the 10 episodes, we're going to have to cut Scarface. And I was like, here he is. And I was like, I, I, like, I hadn't, like, thought about that. Like, as the character was like, oh, he's just some awkward. And I was like, oh, he's, he has a puppet. Oh, it, it, it's the ventriloquist. But they didn't call him the ventriloquist, and then he was killed in, like, right. a second. But Scarface was like, I was like, oh, Scarface is here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so it's just really cool. They're like, like you know, like Mad Hatter came back, finally like, yeah. decked out, and like Scarecrow was Absolutely. in there, and so they're kind of like... It feels, uh, the season so far feels kind of like a victory lap to me, where oh, yeah. they just, let's get... Um, Ace Chemicals, sure show... when, they, when they threw Jerome in. Yeah, make sure we show all of these uh, characters one more time before we go into the Gotham City that everyone's familiar like with. Ivy's last episode. Yes. Um, Ivy, you know, Mad Hatter, everybody has been involved somehow. Um, Zaz. And Victor Zaz. I freaking love that guy. Um, Anthony Kerrigan is just so underrated. I think he's finally getting some recognition now that he's on Barry on HBO. That's a good show, too. Um, which I've never seen. <gasps> I'm working on it. I'm behind. It's I have a toddler. Um, <laughs> I'm just telling you. So season two just started. Anthony Kerrigan is a phenomenal Victor Zaz. Um, so I, I agree. Overall, I think that uh, the shorter episode order for the fifth and final season is helping Gotham a lot because they have a tendency in the middle of their seasons to kind of spin their wheels. Yeah, like oh, let's do this. We, and they say we want to get here to the end of the season. And to react honestly to things would get them there a lot faster. And but so they, they just don't. spin their wheels for five or six episodes. And so I still got a little bit of a hint of that in um, one of the more recent episodes. But by and large, it's been a lot better. They've just been like, okay, this happens next. This happens next. 
and it's been very it's a lot tighter like other characters too like they were kind of hidden in the show like killer croc i think mm-hmm. they kind of had that guy you know they're like under the under the sewers mm-hmm. that was killer croc but like obviously not crocked up right i mean bane like bane breaking alfred's back was really that was like an intense oh gosh yeah like i wasn't sure how he was gonna do it. i wasn't sure if he was actually gonna like break the bat as it were right. but then he did and i was like oh, yeah that was pulled right out of the that's probably one of my least favorite parts of gotham season five has been some of the just ripped straight from the dark knight rises oh, yeah. stories um i wish that they'd be a little more original they're like, oh, Catwoman's not going to have ears because it's going to be realistic. Okay. Because um, everything with Bane has just been like, and and Nissa Al Ghul for that matter. Yeah, she's yeah, she's just the one she's just Talia, but... Yeah. Um. So that's you know I've had some problems with it, but um. Overall, I love Gotham, and I think season five has been one of their better seasons. Um, and their last two episodes are promising to be pretty darn exciting with the joker i was gonna thing, say the joker that's what the we, before thing. we go we before we move on to the next topic we've got to talk about the joker which is you know like throw him into the vat he doesn't it's not like you know you like he didn't turn like the white face paint he just like became gray and disgusting mm-hmm. and like clearly it's probably there's probably another step like he's not joker joker right um so they it's they've made it sound like these photos they've released are the joker's final form um but that may i mean they've said that several times they could they could literally yeah they could have this like weird proto joker for this like semi-final episode and then in the final episode have like batman tango with the actual joker which i mean i hope i'm hoping that they're like he really like because he he's kind of like this last step Really, because he has the green hair and he has the purple suit. And he's all like jokered up, except he has this weird, nasty, like gross face going yeah, on. Yeah, if you haven't seen the image, you should look it up. It's it's pretty gross. Turns out it is Cameron Monaghan that has been playing Jeremiah and Jerome Valeska on Gotham all this time, but it does not look no, like Cameron Monaghan. No, there was like leaked. I, I remember like there was, pretty a gross. Leak, there was a leak like three weeks ago or something, and I saw it. And I was like, yeah. that's not that. They're not going to do that. That's not. Yeah, I thought it was fake at first, and turns out it's not. But they could still twist it that one final turn and make him the Joker yeah. Joker, because if it's 10 years later, then clearly things could, you know... It's so hard to tell what they're going to do with the Joker, because they've been so coy. And they've been bouncing and around and this whole like, time. Jeremiah the Jerome, you know, and then like... Yeah, they did like Jerome, and then they killed Jerome more than once, and then, then Jeremiah, Jeremiah existed. But then Jerome made sure Jeremiah went insane. Right. And then, you know, people thought Jeremiah was dead because his cat mm-hmm. killed him. And then, so anything could happen in these, these last two episodes. Yeah. So uh, do you have anything else that you want to say about that? Any th- other mean, thoughts about Gotham we want to cover before the last Gotham? two episodes air? I Maybe don't have any... We'll have you back on again, and yeah. we'll talk about it after it's over. Yeah. I mean, I don't really have any other, like, thought thoughts, but... I, I do hope that they, they do push like the real I would I would I would like to see like a clean cut like you know Cameron Monaghan Joker mm-hmm. personally like 
like an actual like you know where he like because he, he's kind of had that like look and the hair and stuff when he's not like looking like a monster i would i would like to see like a clean cut like mm-hmm. you know nicely painted like because if it's 10 years later then they could definitely like he would, he could definitely be healed or fixed up by that i'd so. like for them to go um, as full batman as possible oh yeah yeah into the in the flash I mean, forward if you look at the if you look at the, the pictures of of Mizzou's as batman like that's that's pretty Mm-hmm. I'm a little. I am upset that like a cat is more realistic, so she's not gonna have cat ears. It's like you know, just just if you you know, right? You should make her as like, be campy, be full Batman. Don't don't you know, ditz around. Just give her the cat ears. There's no reason to be like that's. It, it, it is real. It is realistic to to have yeah. cat. your cat woman. Like absolutely, uh, and I think um, well, I'm really excited to see. You know, they flash forward at the beginning of the season to them fighting for Gotham City and then, yeah. you know, everybody teaming up, including Oswald and, and Ed. Um, and I, I'm always excited to see that because I just, I love that, uh, the collaboration between characters because oh, like, yeah. they all love Gotham City, even though they're on opposite ends of good and evil. And they're um, like, we're going to team day, up they work together. because we have to defeat the, you know, the greater threat. One of, uh, a few seasons ago when... Uh, <laughs> selena and alfred and jim and oswald teamed up to <laughs> to go and fight someone else uh i just i just love that kind of stuff so um, i'm really looking forward to that and just to see how they wrap it up in the flash forward era um we got yeah, a nice 10 years like just to see how nice little month-long break um before the last two episodes so uh it'll be interesting yes it will Anything else you want to add to that? Uh, I'm just I'm excited. Um, I'm sad that it's it's ending, but Same. you know if they if like if they do it right and it's 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 good, then I I mean I'm I'll be I'll be I'll be happy for it. Um, I wouldn't hate seeing Mizzou's like as a Batman, maybe if they could you know in a movie or something make him a. Batman kind of push that. See if they can push that because he he's he has grown. I yeah. do like like I like I do like that idea of like the character growing up and then like becoming the, like it, you know in Smallville I was I was really mm-hmm. hopeful that like Tom Welling since he kind of had grown up from like nobody into like Superman like would have been. I'd like to even just see know. them do some you know some uh, TV movies where uh, yeah you know in a few years you have to get. David Mazou's back. You get uh, Cameron Bacondova back. You get um, Sean Bertwee back, and then you pick one of the villains they've made over the years. Yeah, and you and have so them then, fight. Um, yeah. You know, Batman goes after one of them, and it's just like a. And that, based on how David David Mazou's looks later in his life, it may be easier to do a animated or a or a comic book to do that kind of thing. But I'd love to see. I mean, they did that with with Smallville. You know, they did like a continuation. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I've seen that. I I need to read those because I've just gotten into comic books more recently. Honestly, honestly, that would be really cool. I think like if they if they could just like do like a one off uh, combo, Smallville, like just like bring Tom Welling back and have him like team up with David Mazuz as Batman. <laughs> that like that would like it would just like tickle all the right. I don't know. I feel like it'd just be like the the cool the coolest thing. Like if they could like have. You know, like Cameron Monaghan's Joker team over, you know, Michael Rosenbaum as Lex Luthor, and then like <laughs> take on 
Yeah. And they have like like the small like they're like in Smallville and they're like in Gotham and there's like this that would like be awesome. and like have like you know Lois Lane, Eric Durance come back and like just kind of have like character like cameos and stuff like Clark. Oh, he's gone. You know, just kind of like I would that say would be... with alternate universes, all things are possible. Yeah, in the multiverse, all things are possible. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So, moving on from Gotham. Um, next, this segment is called Infinite Playlist. Obviously, that's in the title. Um, so, my thinking for starting the Infinite Playlist podcast is that um, I always want to talk about the things that are interesting to us. Um, I want to keep the playlist in everybody's Netflix queue, um, you know, their, their movie watching, their consuming of media fed somehow. So... All of that is to dedicate to talking about our most recent favorite things. So, James, what are you loving right now? Um, there's a lot of things that I'm loving. Um, I've been loving You're the Worst, which just ended. Yeah. Um, I Tell us what you love about You're the Worst. You're, okay, so You're the Worst... Uh, I, I remember just, like, starting to watch it five, you know, five years ago. Um, it's kind of like this weird moment where I was kind of like shifting. There was shift. There was like a cosmic shift going on, and uh, I started watching. And immediately, the main character Jimmy, who is a writer, mm-hmm. was like it, like it like hit me. Like I'm like, I'm a writer. My name is James, <laughs> and uh, I kind of hate people because you know I've kind of been screwed over, and Jimmy's been screwed over, and I'm kind of like feeling this like weird like this weird vibe and um back then i also was like really like redheads were like the thing like the the type like the type of woman that i wanted was a redhead so it was like this whole thing where like i'm watching the show with this guy named jimmy who kind of hates people and he's a writer and his his girlfriend is this redhead like spunky awful kind of like great like it, 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 it's so weird because they're they're they really are like the worst people on the planet but they're so bad like mm-hmm. that they're great together so like just watching this show and then like seeing like this like this couple that really shouldn't be together because like even in the first like few episodes are like this is gonna you know end really bad for us one day and like it it, it it actually like doesn't somehow and i'm like oh okay like like how they led into this wedding season i was like oh it's kind of like how i met your mother but not obviously like that at all and they're like, let's plan this wedding. And you're like watching these these two people plan this wedding, and they're both like losing their minds, and and it's just like just the whole trajectory of just like watching the show from like, oh, we're just we're just kind of like, you know, do whatever we're gonna do. And then like they're like they suddenly like fall in love, but they're like awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's one thing. And then I'm also loving AP Bio. Yeah. Um, I just I just watched the most recent episode um it's just it's just like i just like i like i love characters that are like so awful that they're great you know like because like jack yeah jack he's so bad like he's such a bad person he's always just like i hate toledo and i hate this place and i'm just like oh you hate everything yeah and then like you know of course like right at the last like you know he's, he's he finally like wins over the girl and he's she's like i love toledo and he's like i hate it and it's just like this like awkward like <laughs> end to this episode where it's like oh man and I was like, like I was generally proud I was like good job Jack you did it you like but and then it's just like you hate Toledo and it's just like 
all the build up, <laughs> you're just kind of like brick wall, mm-hmm. brick wall. It's like, well, that's that's how life is. You just say the wrong thing. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, so, full disclosure, I've not seen one episode of You're the Worst, but I love AP Bio as well. Um, I've always said that uh, Glenn Howerton feuding with teenagers would be a, a subgenre. Yeah, because there, that whole episode in season one where he uh, he gets into it with Marcus and <laughs> tries to get him off of the student council, and then accidentally uncovers that his parents cheated to get him on there. <laughs> and, I need to watch more. Uh, it's always sunny. Um, I'm bad about that. Yeah, that I think once well, it's basically like. Um, Jack Griffin is a lot like Dennis Reynolds, just in the way that he's flippant. Um, but it's like if Dennis Reynolds were a high school teacher for, you know, uh, the nerdier, smarter kids. Who want to learn, and he's like, I just want to be here. I don't even want to be here. I just, I know I'm trying to be my philosophy. So, um, so with AP Bio, um obviously you know jack and ralph and uh you know some of the adults are really good characters who's your favorite kid favorite kid um you know their names like i I can't necessarily remember all their names um (laughs) like i think sarika is really cool yeah like just because she's like (laughs) she's just exasperated she's she's exasperated all the time she's always troubled by everything she's just like i just want to learn can i just like like literally, like the like the last episode when she she gets the um the test that you know, like the practice test and she's just like <sighs> she's like circles like the the answer she's like <sighs> she's like I'm gonna show you the pictures and she's like I don't care and then like she like breaks into the desk because they all like sneak into the school and she breaks into the desk and like she's like she's like this is not about fun Hi- the colleges do not care about fun and then you know like oh Heather. Heather, the Heather, Heather is, is yeah, she's, yeah, like, oh, she's just like Jack is the coolest. But then she's also like into that. Calls him boss. Uh, yeah, she's like, hey, boss, are you okay, boss? <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about, boss. And like, she's like into Dan, and then Dan's like actually into her, but they're like weird, weirdly awkward. Like, even though he's really pop, like, yeah, he's really cool. He's also like, I don't know what to do with her, and she's just kind of like. She's kind of like sort of in love with Jack, just like a light, like there's like <laughs> the that admiration weird, like, thing. Yeah. Oh, you're so great! Like I, you're just the best. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the kids are all, they're all, they're all pretty interesting. Like I think they're, they're leaning more into like the kids this season. I yeah. Because like last strong. season, yeah, last season it was kind of like, oh, it's Jack. Now it's like, oh, here's these new kids that were were in the class the whole time. It's like, <laughs> oh, maybe you should talk more. Some of them disappeared too between yeah, season one and season two, which is sad. But then there's like more. Yeah, kids. I think my favorites are. Um, I really like. I like Heather and Dan Decker. Yeah. Um, and I also really like Anthony, and Victor. So of course, Anthony, Anthony has is just you know he's sassy, uh, and Victor is just kind of an oddball. Oh know. yeah, like when he had the crush on the teacher, and he like <laughs> bought her that like expensive purse, and when uh. You know, even going back to uh, when he wrote them recommendation letters, and yeah. <laughs> Victor opens his and he goes, <coughs> "You think I'm a curious specimen? Uh, <laughs> oh, this is great. oh my gosh, what a fantastic show!" Yes. yes so, yes. I know for a fact that if you want to catch up on AP Bio, you can do it on Hulu. Yeah, um, they air. They put the 
most recent episodes up there the day after they air and the whole series prior to that is on hulu so if you're gonna catch up on you're the worst do you know where um, you can watch that i think well I, I mean i'm thinking that's hulu as well yeah yeah you can watch yeah you can watch hulu. I, i'm pretty sure it is hulu um maybe i don't know there it could be on netflix honestly but i'm not i'm not i've, I've been i uh I had it purchased right. for me, so... Listeners, excuse my typing. I'm going to do some Googling. I had it purchased for me on Amazon, so that's where I was watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on Hulu, and then you can purchase it on most other streaming platforms. Um, if you have FX on your cable package, you can watch it on fxnetworks.com um, as well. But it's uh, it's definitely it's definitely an interesting show, even if like you think you might not like it. It's it's probably worth at least giving it a few episodes. I mean, I my general rule for most things is three, because then that's when shows kind of find their their footing. I, agree. I think I think that three is a good, like you know, the first episode you're like okay okay, the second episode you're like, well, and then the third episode if you don't feel it by the end, then obviously it's not for you. But if you feel it, then you're like okay, absolutely. I, am I think the rule of three the, is great. In for the long haul. So. Um, as we wrap up the infinite, infinite playlist segment for the first time, do you have anything to add about You're the Worst, AP Bio? Um, yeah. Uh, honestly, You're the Worst is, is definitely, like for me, it's one of my favorite shows that I've ever, I've ever watched. Um, and it kind of, like the whole journey is just fantastic. Um, so... You could, you I mean it's it's not it's only like fifty five episodes. So if you wanted to binge it, you could probably binge it pretty pretty fast. The seasons are kind of like they kind of flow. It's really easy to kind of just watch episode after episode because they're just kind of like flow. It's, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like it's it's a it's a, a good good show to watch. Um, in, All right, in binge mode. So. You heard it from James. When you're in binge mode on your infinite playlist, watch you're the worst and or AP Bio. AP Bio. So, we're going to move on to our final segment. Uh, all the, I'm going to have the same segments for most podcasts, but uh, my last one is going to be rotating. So, we're going to rotate between several different topics. Um, it's time to settle in with, your, uh, with our special segment entitled Artist Highlight. It's a segment dedicated to celebrating the career works of a chosen artist, one work at a time. So... The first artist I chose is Robin Williams. And the reason that I did that is because as sad as it is that he's gone from our lives forever, um, that gives him a finite body of work. So once we finish that, you know, he's not releasing 10 new movies each year that we have to constantly uh, review. And he's just a classic, just a gem. Right. And um, when I was recruiting guests, the idea of exploring the complete works of Robin Williams was appealing to a lot of them. So uh, we're starting with Robin Williams and on this episode, we're going to explore the 1980 Robin Williams film Popeye. Which you had not seen. I had not seen. I suggested that we talk about it. Exactly. So I just got done watching Popeye for the first time. Let's start with a little background information. Popeye came out in 1980. It was directed by Robert Altman, who has, tons of film credits but nothing i've ever seen the only thing i even recognized other than popeye was the film version of mash okay um and he passed away in 2006 he pretty much worked up until that time 
which is great. Um, and it was written by Jules Pfeiffer. So that same boat, I haven't seen anything else on Jules Pfeiffer's credits that um, that I recognize. And Popeye, which I I did not know until James told me when we were about to do this, uh, is a musical. And so the music is by Harry Nielsen. And again, he has tons of credits. I don't recognize I, any of them. Yeah. Okay. So I don't have any uh, prior works really to compare this to. Now, um, what's interesting to me is that it, it came out in 1980, but it's definitely obviously filmed mostly in the seventies. Um, and so in the sixties and the seventies, these musical films had a certain style and Popeye fits right into that style. Yeah. The filmography um, or the cinematography, rather, just the style of, um, you know, some subtle dialogue with musical numbers. Um, it really, it starts off kind of slow, um, but overall it flows pretty well. And so what's interesting about Popeye is that it takes that kind of style and um, a, <laughs> it basically makes a Popeye cartoon into a 1970s musical film. Um, there's a lot of just that, some of that same slapsticky, uh, you know, not realistic at all cartoon humor uh, in the film. But, you know, he's, uh, it, it's live action. And so uh, I had a hard time understanding Robin Williams at first, at the first part of the movie, just uh, because he's talking out of the side of his mouth and he's playing Popeye. But by the end, you kind of figured out how he communicates. So uh, what is it about Popeye, James? What, why did you want to talk about Popeye? Well, uh, I've, I've, you know, I, I've liked Popeye for a long time since I was a kid, obviously. Um, and I've talked to like a few people recently um, about, you know, oh yeah, man, I remember the Popeye movie. And they're like, what are you talking about? So it was like me, it was like, it was like one, one of our friends, uh, I was talking to him about it, and he was like, I haven't seen that. What are you talking about? That's not a movie. And I'm like, yeah. And then I was like, oh, Nick, have you seen Popeye? And Nick's like, I've not seen Popeye. And I was just like... I did know it existed. <laughs> okay, well, you know, point there. Um, but it was one of those movies that I remembered watching, because my mom loves it, and she watched the movie three times before it left theaters, which, like, she doesn't do obviously and not many i mean most really not many people will watch a movie that many times so the fact that she watched it so many times she kind of was like hey here's here's this movie that i love let's watch it and i i watched it a few times with her obviously when i was younger um but it always kind of stuck out as a just like a really cool movie that they like actually could make a cartoon into this live action thing and it was like it's it's it's, it's great because it's also you know it's old school like the prosthetics and stuff. It's not like, you know, 3D animation. It's like he's wearing huge anchor arm prosthetics mm -hmm. and, you know, running around like, you know, like his face, he's doing like all the facial stuff. And, and then there's all like the, you know, comedic action, like, oh, the fight scenes are all like over the top. And there's like, oh, Bluto sees red. Yeah. Or, um, you know, the, the, the kind of musical swells, you know, and also the fact that I just love musicals. Yeah. as an actor too so it's like the whole thing just kind of like 
is appealing. So, so I did some research on the musical part too. Um, there, there are some stage musicals of Popeye out there, but it sounds like they're just unauthorized adaptations of the film. Makes sense. Um, so, but what I think is really interesting about that is that you know most of the musical movies of the same era were on the stage first. But this and wasn't. This was a movie. It wasn't, but all of the stuff they do in the film are like they're kind of like stage effects. Yeah. There's not, they're not using film special effects. No. They're using the prosthetic arms. And, you know, when they, when uh, they knock Popeye all the way through the deck into the water, um, you know, it's the hole just kind of goes deeper and deeper. And I was like, and that's what you would do on a stage. You would pull the hole out from under him and he would kind of slowly go down into, yeah. um, but in the movie you would just do a, drop through or a special effect. Um, so I thought that was really interesting is that it's, it's kind of, it kind of had the feel of a stage musical, but there is not really a stage musical. People have borrowed Harry Nielsen's book and used uh, Jules Pfeiffer's words and E.C. Seeger's characters and made stage musicals, but nothing really official seems to exist. Um, so in researching Popeye before watching it, um, it seems like the critical response was pretty, is pretty mixed. Um, a lot of the critics from the time that it came out, like Roger Ebert liked Popeye. Of course. Um, a lot of those people gave it positive reviews. And so maybe some of the data that I've pulled is skewed because uh, it was reviewed a lot before reviews were online. Yeah. So... You know, uh, the Metascore is 64, which is considered positive, but then Rotten Tomatoes is at 59%, which is just barely... Um, you know, it was it was also... So you gotta, you gotta give it credit, though, because it's basically... There, there is a fan base who loves it, and that's yeah. like a cult classic. So that's like... Honestly, the fact... I mean, I cult classics are probably a lot cooler, really, realistically, than other movies, because there's just like that group. Mm -hmm. You know, you, it's... it's, it's you're watching their pop, so like you have like really, the people who love it love Popeye, and then they have to also kind of like dig the theatrical, um, musical nature of the beast that yeah, it is. Absolutely. So it, it's definitely not something that everyone just because you like Popeye doesn't mean you're gonna like the movie because you can't deal with the music, which is how they you know kind of tell bigger kind of broader story, mm -hmm. how they kind of like conduct the the whole thing is with the music. So if you can't deal with that, you might not like it. So that, you know, you'll you'll rate you could rate the movie lower just because, you know, even though even though Robin Williams is great and Shelley Duvall is a, like a perfect olive oil and you have the great um Bluto actor, you know. My brain just turned off right there. We gotta go back to IMDB and look up the name of Bluto. Paul Smith. Paul Smith. Yeah he's I can great. see why you couldn't remember that. Oh yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no yeah i think you're right i think um it's really interesting because popeye's not um in my quest to watch it i had a really interesting time trying to find how figure out how to watch it because it's available for purchase or rent on almost all of these digital platforms you know youtube voodoo uh google play itunes amazon you could all purchase it or rent it but it's not really streaming anywhere um, which is with most of the classic classics, not cult classics, 
you can find them streaming somewhere yeah. at any given time. They rotate between Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, and this HBO. One, this one might be a cult and classic, but it's definitely not. Popeye classic. was extremely elusive in that regard. <laughs> because I'm assuming that most people who want to, to watch it all the time already own it. Yeah. I can't imagine that there are a lot of people in my shoes who are looking to watch it for the first time. <laughs> so what I did, I rented it on iTunes um, and watched it on my iPad, and I got through about half of it while I was watching my child. Um, so overall, it's a really interesting experience. Um, I do want to talk about the acting because um, maybe this is just – uh, me being a product of a different era, but this movie came out nine years before I was born. Um, and so really the only actor I was extremely familiar with going in was Robin Williams um, for obvious reasons. So I have to say that Robin Williams is fantastic in this movie. I mean, and, and that's pretty much the case for every Robin Williams movie. Oh, yeah. he, that he always I've brings seen. his game. Um, but and it didn't ever surprise me to learn that Robin Williams played Popeye because he could do the voices. He really commits to that kind of thing and just, you know, he carries himself like Popeye. Now I, I've not seen this movie, but I was a big fan of Popeye cartoons growing up. So I did have that standard to hold it to, but everybody really delivered in that regard. Um, it was, I mean, I was actually blown away at how much like the cartoon it was. Yeah. Um, so Robin Williams, since this segment is designated to highlight the works of Robin Williams, I have to say Robin Williams is fantastic as Popeye. I don't know that you would expect anything less. I would not have expected um, But this is really, this is far closer to um, the Mork and Mindy era than it is to, you know, the, the grown, the films of our generation, like Hook and, Aladdin and Goodwill Hunting and Dead Poets Society. This is closer to the beginning of Robin Williams' breakout career than because this came out in 1980. He was born in 1951, so he's really that would make him 29, 29 yeah. when it came out, um, which is crazy to think about. Yes, um, it just he doesn't seem that young because Popeye seems like he's a little more gruff and a little older. But that's just because but, he's a man of the sea and he's been looking for his pappy the whole time and like just kind of living by himself, just right. His, you know, anchor arms versus the world. Right. So I was born in nineteen eighty nine. I'm about to turn thirty, so I guess it's not that big of it's not that weird. But it's it's weird to me because Robin Williams seems like he was always uh, so old and yet when this movie came out he was not even he was, yeah, about, he was, he was my age. Your age. So um, I'm, he was a revelation and I was going to talk for a second about Shelley Duvall. Um, yes. Shelley Duvall is the only other person that I'd really heard of when I was researching this movie. She's, um, she's, uh, she was fantastic. Um, in fairytale theater. That's like the, that's like the one thing that I knew of her, her work. Because yeah. I watched it a lot when I was a kid. So her big role, which was right around the same time as Popeye, uh, was in The Shining. Yeah. She yeah, plays Lindy Torrance in The Shining. And then right after that, she was in Popeye. And um, and also Time Bandits, uh, Terry Gilliam's cult classic. And so really outside of that, 
you know, she's not, um, there's not anything that I've heard of. She, she worked through the seventies, through the eighties and into the nineties. Um, and then after about 2002, she stopped, she stopped working altogether. And so I was reading online that she had some people had, there's a rumor that she had become like a recluse and, that's and, true. and had become, well then I guess she did an interview in 2010 and the person that conducted the interview said she seemed totally normal and she recognized that what she did was strange, but that it was the right decision for her and it didn't even rule out a return to acting. So I guess there's a remote possibility that we have not seen the last um, but she, as far as her work in Popeye goes, she was excellent as Olive Oil. Basically, Again. just Olive Oil. Like, if you, <laughs> if you like, you like put like her voice and like you know how she, you know, yeah, in into a Popeye cartoon and like have her voice it, you know, or just have like just like have the like animate that like, with her. You'd be like, oh, is this like an old school Popeye cartoon? No, it's it's a it's a new one that we just made and we basically reanimated the Popeye movie and we just kind of copied like what Shelley Duvall did and basically that's what happened. Um, you you wouldn't you wouldn't really kind of like look at it and you know you'd be like oh okay yeah well, so it's Popeye. Like I said, as a fan of the cartoons, she really met my standards. And um, something else that I thought was interesting is that she was almost. I read also that she was reticent to take the role because as a kid she was bullied because of her resemblance to olive oil which is that's and so eventually she does obviously take the role and she's great at it but i think that's kind of crazy that she was so much like olive oil that kids called her olive oil growing up as an insult and then Um, she became olive oil and probably you know made some good money the last person to play olive oil you know nobody else has really done that in a live action capacity no. Anyway, um, so, you know, she shouldn't go unnoticed either. Obviously, Robin Williams is the highlight of this um, this segment, but um, I think that's part of what we need to explore as part of the segment is people around it, uh, the history around it, just the context of the movie, and really whether it holds up today. Um, and I think, I don't think that Popeye would catch on with a modern day audience. No. Um, So in that respect, it doesn't hold up, but um, within context, within historical context, um, it really does, you know, uh, it holds up in terms of quality against anything else from that era uh, that I can think of. And so I'm not the most well-versed film buff in the world, but overall, I think Popeye holds up pretty well. What do you think? I I also think that it holds up pretty well. And I think that, you know, if, if there are, you know, young young people out there who you know, like might have seen some Popeye or, or you know, you know, know that he likes spinach and maybe they've seen some episodes, they might they might like it, especially if they like Robin Williams because it's it's one of those Robin Williams movies that mm-hmm. lots of people haven't seen, which is it's is really sad because it's it's really good. Yeah. You know. Um so it's yeah, if if there's I mean, hope I'm hope hope hopefully there's a lot of Robin Williams fans out there and honestly I kinda hope that lots of them haven't seen it so we can kind of like give it another like a renaissance like have it make a, a return maybe to have some new people like watch it and see oh wow robin yeah this is before he became big like like kind of like the jump start and like that first 
one of those first things that yeah. kind of pushed him. Well, and I, and I think um, a pathway to that, you know, in my research to try to find how to watch Popeye, um, I found a lot of the Popeye cartoons on Amazon Prime and some of the other streaming services. So, um, you know, maybe this is a time to watch it with your kids. And then if they like it, break out the three ninety nine. It's going to cost you to rent the Robin Williams version. Um, or, you know, the five ninety nine that would cost you to buy the DVD. But uh, I think it's absolutely worth your time. Um, I wasn't sure about it when I came in, but, and, and I'm, you know, kind of weird, but Robin Williams is great. Popeye, it doesn't really change that much from the Popeye of old. So it's absolutely worth yeah, watching. Yeah, follows the same kind of like the whole thing with the, the slapsticky, over the top animation. Which I love. And, but it's like live action and like, you know, like when they like, you know, like the punching things and like <laughs> sending people like through walls or like in, you know, down to the, the decks or like flying up into the sky or like just weird sight gags and stuff. There's just everything. It's just, it's, it's, it's honestly just like a really cool, like, look back at like how people how they did movies you know how they like could have done that and how um obviously i i really hope they don't try and do it now i feel like they i feel like that's kind of like a snapshot and you should keep popeye there yeah it, it would definitely be yeah. it would need to be a uh, animated totally animated or see uh, you know i feel like that, i think i think there might they might be working on something like that um which i wouldn't hate um i, I don't think i would I don't, yeah i don't know um i feel like i saw you're like, yeah, I think they might have done some new new school Popeye animated cartoons, and they were they were really they were bad, hmm. from what I remember, because they like didn't have the, the the violence, you know, like that's what they're trying to do now. For some reason, they're trying to like separate the violence from the cartoons, even though like the violence and the slapsticky violence is, is what made the cartoons, like Tom and Jerry. You know, if right. you like watch the new Tom and Jerry, it's like, oh, he took the he took the the fish, right, and then he slept. Met, you know Jerry once, and the episode's over. It's not like you know, oh, here's an anvil dropping on Tom. No, it's like let's just like cut all the violence out and make it like as gen, you know, G as we can. Freaking snowflakes. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, it has to be slapstick. It does. Or you know, that's part it's, of what the, about the movie that I enjoyed is that the slapstick of the original Popeye is still there. But uh, anything else you want to say about Popeye, James? Um, it, it makes, I'm, I'm curious, you know, after watching it now um, and being kind of like more open to films, you know, like, I, I'm curious about, you know, you know, Altman's like library and, and probably would, you know, be open to watching some of those yeah. movies. Um, so um, something, you know, this podcast is doing several rotating segments. And so uh, one of the other ones is a creator. Now, obviously I didn't start with Robert Altman because I'd never heard of him. <laughs> But um, I think that's one of the best things about this format is that it, it's, it's going to open up doors to open up other doors to open up other doors. Infinitely. And hopefully, you know, there's an infinite playlist of things out there. Yeah. Hopefully it'll keep everybody satisfied in terms of finding things to watch. Because an another inspiration I had for starting this was people were always saying, okay, you watch a lot of TV, you write reviews, what should I watch? And so it really depends on what they already like, but if they tune in to find out something that they like, they they find out they like Popeye, so they tune in, 
And Robert Altman, the director, has a huge library of work. Oh, yeah. So they could be inspired to go and check that out. Uh, so that's kind of my hope, is that people will tune into the podcast to find something new that they want to pick up. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm hoping to do the same. I like, you know, when James put me on to Popeye, I hadn't seen it, but I told him I like that kind of homework. I will tell you, I will tell you, now that we're, we're talking about this, that um, you should also watch Shelley Duvall or Fairytale Theater because really? that's yeah um it's like a it, it was like this fairy tale show that she kind of posted and it just you know goes through all like the fairy tales hmm. but they like they have um I don't I can't remember the actors because there's like all it's like it's kind of like a it's like, like an Twilight anthology Zone or, uh, you know so they yeah. have like they're like if you're watching it there are like some classic like some great A actors who you know wanted to be part of that wow so um that's a, that's another thing that you can watch yeah that's a great idea um, i hope it's, it's listeners cool. are all writing this down it's cool to uh kind of like grow uh as like a person and and realize you know, maybe you should check things out you know other avenues just because like you, you know it's like oh you like this one movie you never know what else like what are other hidden gems it's, you know like robert altman clearly He's not like, I mean, I obviously he has this like, he's not a household name, amazing library, but like nobody's, I, I wouldn't be like, oh man, let's go watch the Robert Elton movie. So, um, I'm, I'm ready to try and probably do that, figure it out. Maybe, maybe like just, even if it's just like a movie, just kind of look at the library and just kind of figure out, see like what, who he's casted and who's been in his movies and movies. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. Popeye's great, and you should definitely go watch it. Even if you're, even if you're just like lightly a fan of Popeye, even if you're just a fan of Robin Williams, it's just another movie that that is in his library that you know he's he's not making anything else. He's never going to. So right, enjoy everything. Like if you love the actor, if you love Robin Williams as an actor, then you should at least give it a shot. Right, um, and this is uh, that's the whole point. I. In picking this segment, I hope that uh, to turn people on to the works of Robin Williams and also kind of have these Charlie Duvall, Robert Altman things that we can explore in the meantime. So, if you don't have anything else, I'm going to wrap it up. This has been the first episode of Nick's Infinite Playlist. Um, I'm Nick Hogan, your host, and again, thank you for my very special guest host, my very first one, uh, James Kinsella. James, um, if we were going to check out your streams or reviews how would we do that uh so like i said earlier um if you search stark wyvern you can you'll probably find my uh twitch page um there is also a stark wyvern gaming youtube channel uh if you want to read my reviews you can read them on realotakugamer.com um there's also a podcast on Shout Engine. You search Real uh, Otaku GamerCast, Rogcast for short. You'll find that. And I'm in the Mr. Anime Random Podcast, uh, which is on YouTube. The second episode has a picture of me. Um, I mean, I don't think that really makes any difference right now, but I'm just telling you. Um, no, that's great. That's just another cool little fact. Um, but yeah, this was good. Well, was thanks for coming on. Um, and of course, Anytime. you can always find. Um, I'll have James back on again. I'm sure. You're so close. It's I, I walked over here. <laughs> I walked. Okay. So uh, you know, you can find my reviews of Gotham as well as Supernatural and Superstore over at TelltaleTV.com, um, and that's all I'm really doing. But you can also follow me on Twitter at Nikki A Hogan, and I'm oh. gonna hopefully get 
the Twitter account for the podcast and the website for the podcast set up soon. You can follow me uh, on Twitter as at Stark Wyvern Gamer. Uh, it's Stark and then W Y V R N Gamer. So uh, I great. Tweet a lot. So follow us and engage with us and let us know what you think of the podcast. And, and Popeye, if you watch Popeye, I would really like to know your thoughts. Uh, and send us your suggestions for other stuff to watch. Please do. All right. Thanks again, James, for coming. And of course, uh, Nick. this has been Nick's Infinite Playlist. Nice.